Welcome to Shotgun No Battle. Here, three brothers have passionate conversations you won't find at any dinner table. We have CJ, who's the youngest. Why does it bother you? Let's let's freaking talk about this. Buddy, who's the oldest. Oh, come on. Oh, interesting. Huh. And then, of course, there's Colton. But I don't say them to shove them in your face. I say them to let you know in case you want to look further into that, right? A different brother will pick the topic of each episode and lead that conversation. So, here we go. Shotgun, no battle. Shotgun, no battle. All righty. Welcome, everybody, to Shotgun, no battle, uh, where three brothers talk about all of the topics and things that you were told you should never discuss around the dinner table. My name is CJ. I am the youngest. My name is Colton. I am the middle child. And I'm Buddy. I'm the eldest. Uh, and uh, this is episode numero dos, which is exciting because it took Spanish. us a couple of times to uh, to record the first one. Yeah, I started naming my files, and uh, I keep having to rename them the same thing over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but we successfully nice. did it, which is great. So uh, here's number two. And uh, if you, I don't know, are jumping in, in number two and not listening to number one, first of all, you're kind of weird, weird. But just in case, uh, the way that it works is that uh, each episode, one of us comes to the discussion with a topic. It can be about absolutely anything. Uh, last episode was about goals and setting goals. And this episode, I get to decide the topic. So we will just jump right into it. Um, my topic of choice is... Uh, money, and specifically why money is so taboo, why we can't talk about it at all. Uh, from my perspective, there are things that you don't talk about. Religion, politics, money, okay? Religion and politics have, vo have both graduated into a, a, a space of comedy that we can joke about them. We can make fun of religions and religious people and specific kinds of religion and religious people, uh, and religious stereotypes. We can joke about politics. Um, we kind of always have, but, uh, but money is something that still we don't really joke about in individually, as well as like in comedy at large in Hollywood and, and all that. Um, we can, we can joke about classes, uh, being a part of a different class, uh, or, but, but specifically money, it seems to be kind of, unless you guys think I'm wrong on that, but, uh, that's, that's it. That's what I wanted to talk about. So let's dive in. Any no, thoughts? I, I think that's, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty spot on, uh, way of how we currently talk about money is, yeah, it's limited to like talking about the 1%, uh, versus the, the 99, right? The rest. And, uh, beyond that, it is difficult. I find for sure to talk about money with, uh, other people and like financial advice is this thing that's given uh, with disclaimers and all of this stuff and there's actually licenses you have to have and so for me I it comes down to a few things but namely and then we can get a response from buddy uh, the Federal Reserve prints money uh, mm -hmm. and money is very prominent in our culture uh, in society and specifically in R&B uh, as something that the more you make the uh, better you are whatever it is right r&b the, Wait, the musical things. genre mm -hmm. oh okay interesting yeah all right so anyways those are my two uh first two thoughts right there buddy buddy's it's face so, is reaction so, to that it's so great 
so interesting that <laughs> where we where we both went. I went all scientific. Uh, so I was I went straight to like okay. So there is a social taboo. It's 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 a um, very sensitive topic for most people. Uh, and it, there's a gamut. Some people are more sensitive about it than others. I go to evolution, <laughs> money as a prime indicator of suitability for reproduction, power, Ooh. status, intelligence, ambition, connection, ability, influence, etc. Um, so money as kind of like a succinct summary of how suitable someone is, you know, for reproduction, how well they're able yeah, to provide. Like, it's like a representation and, of their, yeah, their yeah, all that stuff to survive and yeah. And then, and also, what I, I don't know what it's called. I'm sure there's a someone's coined a better term, but I'm going to call it false humility in Western culture. Mm. Um, the like the idea that we must be humble, and I think a lot of this comes from Christianity, though it is present in like a lot of uh, Eastern cultures as well. Like, um, like we have to be humble. And so anything that, like, we we avoid, like, the plague, anything that, that causes us to appear like we're trying to be braggadocious or puff our chests up or anything. By and, nature, you think we do that? Uh, in, in Western culture, I think we do that. Oh, okay. I think us three less so, but I think it is definitely a, a Western culture sort of thing, especially within Christianity. And so... When we, if we talk about money, we assume that, oh, there must be a comparison going on, and that comparison is inappropriate, which it's not. Well, yeah, but, so you think about what money is, and it's ultimately a, the closest we could get to a universally adopted recognition of the exchange of energy, right? So it takes energy for me to output and produce something, and I am given something uh, in, in return, right? And and that's uh, the U.S. dollar is... is Globally, to this day, the the best standard that we've had up to this point, um, and so it is definitely started out as a representation of energy, and then it got flawed by the system it's in, and now it's like there are people with a ton of money that got it without expelling hardly any energy. Right? Okay, so so this is probably the 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 biggest uh, direction that I go when I think about money. Um, because, because, so Western culture definitely plays into this, but, uh, and that is those with a lot of money, uh, are generally considered villains in our culture. Hmm, Um, it's very, very like, you know, the spread the wealth and the just like, I was, I was watching a video online and a guy was, it was just like one of those, like talk to people on the street kind of things. Um, and it was a, it was a bald dude with glasses and, and the guy comes up and says, do you have a celebrity look like? And, uh, and the bald guy responds like, no, I don't think so. And the guy with the mic says, you kind of look like, you kind of look like Jeff Bezos. The guy responds, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> says, the guy responds and says, F Jeff Bezos. And it was like, yeah. whoa. He was like, why? <laughs> why? And he, he goes, he goes, I don't know. He goes, it, the guy with the mic, the interviewer asks like, do you know much about Jeff Bezos? And he goes, no, I I don't really know anything about it. Oh wow! Right, so it's it, but it's easy to say that right because um, because he's just the the amount of money that he has is just absolutely absurd and everyone's like, oh, I would do so much good with that money. Okay. So why why do we why so you're saying that it is a frustration of you didn't expel the amount of energy that I did and I didn't get as big of a return thus. I'm mad at you or the system's broken 
right? Like that's kind of what you were hinting yeah, towards. Yeah, I was. Cole? I was just. I mean, yeah, I, I went down the Federal Reserve path on that one. Um, but uh, as far as the system that we adopted so far, it's been the best system. But I was also just illustrating that just because it's the best system doesn't mean it didn't evolve into something that ultimately doesn't serve us where the 1% was able to be created so dramatically. Mm. Uh, and so uh, a representation of wealth, and we can get into Bitcoin a little bit, but I don't. it might be better to do that later. Um, definitely in the culture is, is kind of where my head went at first, like with rap songs. Um, the uh, like R&B industry and their music, they're always talking about uh, uh, re- representing money as the thing to get as much as you can of and sex, right? Like those are the two mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. You need money and sex. And uh, Historically, yes, you're right. And in most R&B sit- uh, artist situations, the, the music videos where they're on, uh, like flinging money from their hands, you know, fanning it out uh, next to Lamborghinis and, and Wait, is R&B cars, rap? Yeah, they, no, oh. no. Well, okay. two, Sorry, two different genres. As you know it, you born, probably know them as the same yeah. thing. Two different genres, but born kind of from from the same core. Also, another caveat: uh, I think strictly Colton, what you're talking about is strictly male artists in those genres. But continue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, because the the female genre in that artist is either about women empowerment, which is great, or it's kind of evolved into something not so great. Uh, as far as Cardi B stuff goes, but <laughs> like you watch some of her videos, you're like, "This is what this, this is what, what women our teenagers is? are watching." Yeah, yeah. Like, what is yeah. this about? But anyway, I put like yeah. I put it like Mary J. Blige is about like it's usually it's usually about love and and sure. uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, it can be about female empowerment. Yeah, um, it, which but, I think all of this supports going back to Buddy's thing, which is the evolutionary like the reason that dudes are are touting it in that in those genres is because that it is a key factor of, uh, being a dude, a successful masculine man, reproducing, yeah, being able to reproduce. Yeah. 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 Totally. Oh, the thing I was going to say about those music videos is the majority of them. Um, as I understand it, they rent the vehicles for the videos cause there's no way they could afford nice. them. Totally. <laughs> and, and so it's like, Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, there's like there's there are car shops out here in LA that that is strictly what they do. Hmm. They have a fleet of Lamborghinis and Ferraris that they entirely rent out, not even for driving purposes, but for movies and the majority of the time it's music videos. So why of, go uh, to the extent to present an image like that? There must be a reason, right? Uh, my assumption is that the reason is look at my dick, it's huge, but in different different visuals you know what i mean so it's just peacocking yeah peacocking yes yeah which which it makes sense that money would uh would fall into because you know historic if you're looking at if i look at like 50s 60s uh which pretty much after world war ii is what i consider as the beginning of the culture that we have now obviously it's changed dramatically but it was like it's almost the beginning of the way that society is built now started kind of after world war ii right so it would make sense that if you're looking at after world war ii um that uh you know the women go back to being stay-at-home mothers and wives and the men go to work and it's entirely did you know did you know what one of the primary drivers behind that was as far as women staying at home goes 
uh, there wasn't enough jobs for the men, right? Because the women were doing the jobs that the men were doing. No, no. Oh. The economy was doing so well that one income household uh, oh, could totally. provide for an entire family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that and that, and that makes perfect sense. And if you could, right, if... It, um, like there are uh, there are plenty of women I know today that if the husband made enough they'd be happy like that that's they would stay home they take stay, take care of the kids. I also know women. I mean, my wife's one of them. That uh, even if I do make enough, she still wants to work because she has different ambitions, right? Um, yeah. But it's incredibly rare, especially out here in LA. It's rare to come across a family where they are single income. Like that's that's hmm. that is. Oof. It'd be incredibly <laughs> rich, especially in the city. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, anyway, so it makes sense if you look. If you go back and you look look at the fifties and you look at so the men are mainly making the money, uh, and uh, were we were birthed from societies of uh, you know before like in the eighteen hundreds that it was like not necess- I don't know if it was uh, arranged marriages. But similar to the um, the culture in uh, in England, which was almost political marriages, marriages yeah. specifically designed for power and influence. Yeah, you got so, a lot more to it than right love. next to mine. So yeah. um, let's join families. So yeah, that we have this property together in the future. So all of that said, I feel like we are potentially there as a large societal boat, not individually, and there are exceptions. We're heading in a correct d- direction of uh, it, it matters a little bit. The love matters a little bit more than the compatibility of the size of someone's economical dick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and it still matters. Like there's a lot of parents that are like, you know, they're very concerned when I told my father-in-law, I want to move to LA. Like, obviously there were issues there because a lack of money equals more hardships generally. And mm-hmm. most parents don't want their kids to go through hardships. And so that's why there, re- there remains a pressure on making a lot of money. Cause your life generally will be easier. Now where I run into this gigantic frustration let me it is uh, how the way that I view it, if money wasn't as taboo, it would not affect relationships as much. And we think that it would we think that it's the other way by not talking about money, it affects our relationships less. Right. It's like, oh, we could just avoid that topic. We don't have to. We don't, mm-hmm. There's no comparison. There's none of that. But like one. um, there's a judgment that has that comes because it has to because you don't know right so yeah, it's like right. i can look at you and how you're living your life and from what i see there's in the job that you are there's no way you're making that much money so how do you have that car you just have a ton of debt oh you're irresponsible what <laughs> like that's just like you jump into there or so- it's or it's like um like there was one time that we were at a friend's house they they uh we were playing a really fun board game and I was like, oh, man, this is a blast. So I got I went on Amazon and I ordered it right then and there. And they were then the people at the party were like, do you like this game? And I was like, oh, yeah, I've already ordered it. And that was like, whoa, dual income household right <laughs> Im- there. Impulse much. Um, and and uh, and it just was awkward. And it was and it was weird. And like the fact that he has to highlight that part. Uh, you know hmm. what I mean? Like being, why being called out as perhaps a little bit wealthier than them was uncomfortable for you? Why was it uncomfortable? 
Um, because because the wealthy are villains. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So here's here's something I thought of as you oh, were talking. Okay. So what if it is the case that all of us are prone to talk about things we are comfortable with, and that comfortability stems likely from a former experience or knowledge of, right? Totally. Maybe maybe we just were all never taught finances in school, which I know to be the case for my generation. There was no financial education in the public school that I went to. Uh, dropped out my senior year because I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to just go live life. Um, and uh, we're all just learning money as we have to, as life hits us in the face with that you need money for this and that and that, the other. And so there's varying degrees within all of us that that are uncomfortable talking about money because they probably feel like they don't know much about it. Yeah. So, so that is actually a perfect segue into my gigantic conclusion that I've come to that is a theory, but makes sense to me, and I wanted to propose it to you guys. I expected to do this yeah. later in the episode, but here we are. <laughs> uh, Colton will definitely have an opinion on this. <clears throat> um, when you're at work and you have coworkers, do you ever talk to those coworkers about how much you make? No. No, because they might make less than you, right? Or they or might more make than more than you. And then you go to the boss and you say, <laughs> Kevin over here is terrible at his job and he makes more than I do. I want to make more, right? Is it possible that the financial system within the government and how they communicate and the culture that they create around money are doing the same thing to all of us? The same thing. To say that oh, in, in a that different That the government is the basically the boss, creating a culture of not, us not wanting to talk to each other about money so we don't like, is realize. It, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, is it, oh, is it Wall Street yeah. and oh. the government and the 1% that are like, hey, guys, don't talk about money? It's awkward. It's weird. You don't want to talk about it? Well, yeah. I mean, they're you know all I mean? tied together at this point. <laughs> like uh, in the hmm. educational system has been hijacked, by the way. I don't know for how long, but I'd say about 20 years or so. Um, and they're in cahoots with the media. Big tech now is in the game. The establishment government, which includes all parties. And it's uh, <laughs> and Bitcoin is going to save us all. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so, that's ultimately what that's it comes it. down to. So that so uh, when when we had talked about Colton, you and I had talked about money, and you saying, "Yeah, I was never taught anything in school about money," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, neither was I." That's yeah. where that's where it led me to. And I'm oh, like, wow. okay, I can I hmm. can understand. Like, I, I I think I took a TLC class in in junior high where they taught me how to balance my checkbook. That is the extent of it, right? So I, I didn't even learn, learn about, that from grandma. Like, totally, I didn't learn about loans. I didn't or, 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 yeah. learn or learn about interest rates. I didn't learn about anything that credit cards. I didn't learn that about is, anything. That is weird, right? Well, that yeah. is freaking weird. That is well, weird. Has it been remedied? Yeah. No, not that. No, no, no people no, no, that are no. still yes, leaving it has. school. It's Bitcoin. Don't. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it is that they're uh, they're actually intentionally um, hmm. 
it's got to be intentional. those who have the most money uh, so that they can just trade amongst themselves, basically. They, they do squeeze the markets from retail investors like plebs like us. Like, if, if you don't have over mm. $10 million, right, then you're considered probably a pleb uh, like us. Dude, it's uh, plebe. Th- anyway, <laughs> it's plebe, it's pleb, it's whatever. But basically, <laughs> we, we invest in the stock market after, literally after, the, the, the wealthy and the elite have yeah. already bought up whatever shares they yeah. want to buy up and we get the scraps and then we're charged the highest fees like on robin hood uh, they tried to address it a little bit but traditionally we were charged the highest fees because we were investing the littlest amount and there was minimum fees so it's this it's absolutely on paper rigged against the majority Totally. And this is, and, and that was, uh, so I, I thought that I was going to do all the research that I possibly could. I'm a, you know, fairly intelligent person. So I was going to sign up for all the newsletters and all of the, the, and Colton, I told you to do it right to, to learn about the stocks and all of that. And then one, and then when I sat and thought about it for a little bit, I realized the people that are feeding me the information of what stocks to buy are Freak, are are the are they stand to benefit the most? From yeah, the so stocks. they're like they're like I'm going to buy this stock at this price, and then I'm going to tell right. all of these people to buy this stock. Then once they do, then I'm going to pull out, and I don't care what happens to them. But I just made a ton of money. And see, you what, peel back the curtain what? a little more on that idea, and and it goes even deeper. Exactly what you're talking about, to where the media legitimately promotes the stocks that they Makes are sense. told to promote. It, it makes perfect sense because I'll be honest. I'm a I I feel that I have a pretty firm moral compass. If I was on the other side of the curtain, I'd rationalize the hell out yeah, of yeah. benefiting. Of yeah, I was to I was gonna there. say totally. I was gonna say compare the because okay. First of all, the thought that this is going on slash could be slash probably is going on. It's upsetting to me. It's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> never, never thought about it like that. <laughs> but he's over um, here like, this is total news. Oh, this is great. <laughs> I'm coming from a bit of a vacuum uh, when it comes to, like, following the news and stuff. And But, uh, like, yeah, I, well, I don't want to believe that we still have, you know, the this, this super rich controlling the world type of thing going on. It makes sense, though, that we do. I just think of the movie Robin Hood, speaking of Robin Hood. Um, I think of, you know, it seems like a tale as old as time. Um, and I mean, yeah, like you were saying, CJ, I don't know that we can blame the people in power. If, if, you know, if I was in, if I had that power, I might rationalize it too. It's a human tendency to want to keep what you've got and get more of it. Yeah, totally. So something that I don't want that, that I don't want to, a role I don't want to play in this podcast is to be like, boohoo, this is happening. The world sucks. Thank you for listening. And then <laughs> I'll play so, that role. And so uh, the reason that I wanted to talk about it was because I, from what I can tell, right? So the real answer to all of this is education, right? So, okay. uh, but for me, I think really one of the only things that I can do in my current circle of influence is talk about money. Like yeah. openly talk about money and what it means in our lives and like how to make it and and ask the questions that other people aren't willing to ask and yeah. reach out to the people that have knowledge about specific aspects of money making that I, there's just no way for me to Dude. get right. 
Yes. Like if that's, I think that's, I think that's all I can do. So that's why I wanted to talk about money because, I, and it's been fascinating to see as, as I've found some financial success in my life out here, how my relationships change, even though we haven't talked about money at all with these people, they just like see it. People that have been working much harder for much longer than I have that I just was given more opportunity and and have different skills that are valued at a different level, they're, like, kind of mad at it. You know what I mean? They're kind of well, mad you, at it and mad at me. It's because they think you were given opportunity, but you saw the opportunities it, yeah, and, it's just, and took them. Yeah, and, and yeah, anyway, so it's just, it's, the, like, so much, there's so much just, like, unwritten assumptions and rules and cultural expectations around the topic of money that it's impossible to navigate. It hurts relationships and all of us are trying to do the exact same thing. It's like, but we view each other as competitors and that's just, it's, I don't think that's the case. Like we view each other as like, if I don't have it or if you have it, I can't have it. And like, what a flawed way of thinking. When you talk to uncle Jason or, initially before you developed a relationship with him context uncle uh, jason is very wealthy <laughs> yeah uh, did you feel like competitive like do you feel competitive when you perceive people to have more money than you Ooh, it's a good question um it's almost it, i mean if we're talking about uncle jason then it's like um I'm playing mini golf in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And he's a professional golfer. Like, it's just a totally different. It's like not even the same. Right. Yeah. So if I have a peer, there's some, there's some competitiveness, not as not. And, but it's not in the sense of if you have it, I can't, uh, it is totally I want my dick to be bigger. And it's deep in there, and I claim the false humility, <laughs> and I, you know what I mean? Like, all of that, but, like, if my friend makes more money than me, like, my friend just got a huge raise, I have no idea how much he makes, and it eats at me a little bit. And I've tried to let it go. <laughs> I've tried to be like, it's not a big deal. He's in a completely different industry. Not a thing. He's five <laughs> years older than me. Like, it's not, it's fine. But it just, uh, just kind of chills there. It's in the back of my head. Because you grew up with Buddy and I trying to compete with us, like you mentioned. Well, I wanted, totally. I wanted to Four bring up the difference, total different ball game. While there is anyway. a lot in common in like our Western culture, the culture we grew up in, United States of America, upper middle class, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think there's a lot to be said, and I'd like to explore this about uh, our immediate ancestry. Uh, dad, Gary Jason, one side of the family, their dad made a bunch of money. Um, they're all very good at making money. We grew up fairly wealthy. How does that play into our concept totally. and yeah. our uh, taboos about money? And then on the other half of the equation, mom. She grew up fairly poor with eight siblings. Um, and then she suddenly had a bunch of money shortly after marrying dad. Um, how do you guys think that affected our specific views on money and why it's and you know it being taboo and how we treat it i mean dad definitely grew up poor too dad did yeah i guess yeah his earlier life he built his own concrete home in liberty hill texas with his dad yeah i don't don't think it's because they were poor though well yeah dad was wealthy 
De- no, dad's grandpa was wealthy. Started the store. Yeah, the, the hardware store, right? Are you saying dad's dad was not wealthy? Because I will refute that. I'm no, fairly I'm, certain he was. I, sure he was yeah. I, have, I mean, I have been to the home in Liberty Hill, Texas. And if that's yeah. wealthy, then we <laughs> have so that's what I'm no saying. context dad, of what wealth on. is. What I'm saying is dad did not grow up wealthy. His dad, huh? later, I believe, after he left the family and everything, gave, like, created his wealth. Well, okay. he's today. Got it. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we don't know. I, I heard the whole story from grandma, and I don't know if when, when or if they were ever, ever wealthy. He worked, uh, our grandpa worked for IBM. Anyway, regardless, huh. we grew up uh, wealthy. At least we've, we, at least we were told that we, we were perceived. wealthy. We, we perceived. perceived. And were perceived as. And were definitely were perceived as uh, as wealthy. Um, I yeah, know we knew that. Yeah, yeah. I know for me, um, it is it is affected the way that I see money. In that my mentality my mentality around money is there is a plethora, there mm. is enough out there for me and everything that I want and everybody else, and that's the way that I still view money. Um, just depending on like where it is. Anyway, I, I believe that wealth can be not just made, like not just chased. Sorry. I believe that wealth, oh, 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 that wealth is not only obtained, but it is made. It is grown. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes from our dad and his siblings, uh, and, um, and, and my relationship with money has been, has been generally a plethora uh, I know people that their relationship with money is it might be plethora, but that it's like death grip on that money. And they just hold mm. on to it for like all it's worth and some. Yeah. Um, and that's just not that's just not the way I think any one of us operates because no. of the way we were raised. Well, I, I used to not value money and. Until Bitcoin became the best version of money, and now I actually my habits in my life have changed uh, surrounding my my mentality around money and my transactions uh, that I make. And you know, I mentioned this before, but my mentality has changed once I started believing in money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is yeah, which is fascinating. I, it, buddy, it's a good it's a good point to bring up because I should probably take a step out of myself. Because I get so frustrated with people that allow money to affect their relationships so dramatically. And uh, I should take a step out of myself and be like, I think my relationship with money is a little less strained uh, Mm. than a lot of people that we know. So if money has so, if it means so much and has so much emotion, self-worth, aggression uh, wrapped up in it, then yeah, it's going to be really hard to not let that affect your relationships. Yeah. You and Jess typically uh, have have uh, been fairly even or equal or within a decent amount of percentage of each of your incomes, though, right? No, For no. For the most part? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, she um, she always made dramatically more than I did. Um, for the most part, she was double or close to double what I was making for the majority of our marriage. Um, and that, okay. that, yeah, that only that only changed recently. Um, 
Yeah, which goes, which is another thing that I feel like is a positive thing around money that is shifting in today's society, which is, and that's, ooh, ooh, this goes back to how we were raised, which was, I don't feel like I have much of a, a combo. The, the fact that she made more than me the majority of our relationship, I don't, is fine. Like, it does not affect my manhood in any way, shape, or form. Um, and uh, I think that's probably because of like our our the way we were raised as far as our relationship with money our dad was definitely the breadwinner but i never viewed that as like something that a man has to do it was just like no it's, money will be in my life i know it will be in my life there's enough mm. of it out there how it comes into my life um depends and i sure i was stressed about ooh am i going to have to live paycheck to paycheck like this for my entire life but generally my my mentality around money has been uh, it'll come, it'll come. Um, dad, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I'm very similar to dad. Dad was rich. I'm very similar to Jason. Jason is very rich. Um, I'm a Lindsay by blood. There's been money in the Lindsay. Like, it's just, it's just a mentality that uh, I guess not a lot of people have the luxury of having. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say that is pretty spot on. I mean, my mentality with money is started where yours did. Like, we all came from the same space. Buddy, where are you at with all that? So uh, a, a major theme in my uh, uh, therapy sessions <laughs> has been my relationship with money. Because as I've, as I've kind of laid out, like, what I want my, let's call it a design for living to be. Like, I can't just be running away as a recovering alcoholic. I can't just be running away from alcohol. I need to be running towards something. Mm-hmm. And so one therapist uh, called it... Uh, well, said it, it should be scrumptious. What is what is so scrumptious to you that it's more attractive to you than than your addiction? And and so I call it my scrumptious now. And and as I started uh, laying that out and thinking about it, I realized that the first step in my mind was always, oh, I got to get enough money for this or that or the other first. Uh, and so I realized that that my relationship with money is not as healthy as I thought it was. Um, so realizing that I think I did come out of my uh, wait. Why is that a negative thing? Or why is because, why do you tell that story with the with the connotation that that's a negative thing? I think it is unhealthy to believe that in order to make progress in life, one must have mm. X, Y, or Z amount of money first. Like it seems obvious. What's less obvious to me, or it wasn't, it wasn't obvious, it wasn't apparent to me that I had that lurking deep inside. Mm. That whenever I think of, okay, what am I going to do next? It's always like, oh, I have to get a, I have to get a really good paying job first. Once I do that, I'll be able to focus more on this, that, and the other. I'll be able to feel more valuable. A lot of things were, or are, and I'm, I'm working on changing my view of progress and success, but I, I was, I was basing a lot of it previously on, on money. So maintaining a lifestyle, at so, least make it. Yeah. Can we, can we go back? So this is, this is you're you're in, you're a very interesting test subject for, uh, for this topic because you followed just the, the corporate outline to the freaking T <laughs> Uh, up until a very specific point, and then you were like, 
f it all and jump in the other direction. So basically, because uh, from <laughs> from my perspective, growing up, like you were, you got a really well paying job. You were doing really really well for your age right out of college. Is is that is yeah. that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, and then um, and then you decided to just kind of piece it all. Up. So back then, when you got that job right out of college, right, like married, beautiful wife, beautiful kid. Just got, got, you know, became one of the, from what I understand, one of the few to get that kind of job in accounting out of BYU um, each year. And how much of your self-worth was tied up in your salary? Good question. I don't even know. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure a good amount of it. I, I always felt like I was just kind of along for the ride. It was a pretty standard rubric mm-hmm. what i you know the path i took to just take accounting at a pretty competitive school i'm smart so i could do it so i did and then it was pretty standard to get you know a job like that in public accounting right out of college well paying job and the path in public mm-hmm. accounting is pretty clear as long as you're not an idiot uh and don't like screw things up you can like clockwork get promoted after two years promoted again after two more years uh and then you're a very marketable person in the world of business. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure a lot of it, it, it was never like a big passion or of, I don't know, I never identified necessarily as someone who made a lot of money. I was just like, oh, cool, like, yeah, money, here we go on the surface. I didn't realize, though, <laughs> I don't know. I just so was there, did, you, did, your, did your self-worth take a hit? When you, I would say, came back from Spain and realized the financial yes. situation you were in. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because so you, because you, you left, you left accounting, and you basically lived on credit, right, for like a couple years. Well, yeah, it was. This is summer 2017. I, yeah, I, I blew through my nest egg uh, fairly quickly, and then. And then went to um, Spain on a vacation. I mean, that was it. Was a very cheap. It was an eighty-four dollar plane ticket. I mean, I wasn't going to not go okay. to Spain. And then, but, from from what I saw, when you came back, that was somewhat when reality started to really set in. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I still am not entirely sure. I mean, it seems insane. Uh, it was kind of the culmination. It was part of the the storm of like. I don't know. I would call it. A, I would. I guess I would call it a midlife crisis. It's kind of a cop out, but it's it's obviously a lot more complicated than that. I, I mean, because yeah, I was making really good money, and I had the potential to make a a lot of money. Yeah. And instead, I was just like, I just kind of threw my hands up. It was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a little break. And then that little break, you know, it wasn't really deep down my intention to take a little break. I just didn't want to work, and I think I was really depressed. I was trying to figure things out. I was. Mm-hmm. I had recently left the church. I was recently divorced. A um, lot of lot of shit was going on in in my head, in my heart, and um, that I didn't even, that I wasn't even aware of. Uh, and I think my identification with money, with having my shit together, uh, was was deeper than I was willing to see. And so I didn't realize. But but yeah, my I think my self esteem was in shambles. I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Not just oh. because of money, because of lots of things at that point. So yeah, I ran through Nestegg, I ran through my credit, uh, 
and uh, yeah, kind of drew my drove myself into the ground. Got it. So I'm gonna hop to Colton. So Colton, you have uh, you have always had. Dad would always say about you that you had champagne taste with the, on a beer's budget. Uh-huh. Um, I like me quality things. Yeah. Uh, is your is your relationship does your relationship with money determine your self confidence? Oh, I think in a in a big way it has a lot to do with it. Yeah. It's uh, something I never thought was a thing but if come to find out you got to be able to support yourself before you can hope to help support anybody else and i never had to learn that lesson because i have grown up my whole life with you gotta you gotta pause colt dude buddy you can't just eat a freaking peach while we're recording, it's Dude, so I distracting. Up, I, 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 he's like, "Oh, it's Colton's turn." I'm, I'm like, gonna eat me a peach. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> trying to listen to Colton, and I just hear. <laughs> hey man, I put the main microphone on mute, but you're right. I forgot. You is, can still Is the microphone hear me. off mute now? Or it's off mute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. It was just such anyway, a funny move. You know what? <laughs> That can be his I'll outline, stop. his icon outline is him yeah, with a big old peach yeah. microphone <laughs> in the foreground and his nose and mouth open ready for it. I'll stop uh, it. It's a very good I mean, peach. of all things to eat, you know what I mean? It's It just is so slurpy. Uh, I forgot. So, uh, it was great. I could, wait, okay. I'm going to put, okay, yeah, I'm back. I'm here. I've great. always been here. Go, so, Colton, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> God damn it. It had something to do with growing up and, uh, oh, yeah, CF. I've always been taken care of. And and so financially, obviously growing up the way that we did with uh, no worries there, uh, definitely could have had a little more work ethic instilled in me early on. But I did get a job. I entered the workforce earlier than most, I think, uh, uh, that we know because most people we know graduated high school, right? And so when I when I dropped out of high school, I immediately got a job. At White Tiger Chinese restaurant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, and um, and and from there, I can't tell you how many jobs I've had. Yeah. Up to this point, I I definitely have always had a job, but I've always moved on to another one when I got when I just couldn't do what I was doing anymore because I wasn't feeling gratified. So my relationship with money is that it's a necessary. Uh, not evil, but a necessary thing to to enjoy the life that I have always known. Mm. And if I was going to adjust my lifestyle enough to where money was not something that needed to be had in a certain quantity, it would literally take changing my genetics because uh, mm. I, I definitely rely upon health care and all of that extensively. So it's a very interesting relationship I have with money. Mm. Yeah. This is actually a really good conversation for me to have because I have uh, I've been somewhat marinating in the frustration of this lack of dialogue around money. But as you guys are talking, I've I've uh, I'm reminded of a conversation I had with my therapist about um, my relationship with money and specifically this uh, uh, the relationship that I have with dad in consistently 
um, in my head, constantly being compared to him, um, which then comes with a financial comparison and expectation that because dad was wealthy, um, that I would be too. Now, I said that my relationship with money is, yeah, I just always knew that I'd have some because I, because of that comparison. But also, there's that comparison. So there was somewhat of a weight of if I didn't, if I don't um, end up, you know, wealthy, wealthy, then like I, I did something wrong or like I missed, I missed an opportunity or I squandered something or uh, something like that. So to understand that there is a deep, complex relationship with money for every individual that ties back to usually how their parents dealt with money um, yeah. is helpful to understand that um, that money is not a topic that is usually healthy for really anybody. And so yeah. to ask people to openly talk about something that they don't have a healthy relationship with, it would be like it would be like me be going up to just my friends and being like, hey, tell me about your relationship with your mother. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's, it's, <laughs> it can be it can be that kind of topic and probably is that kind of topic for yeah. for a lot of people. Um, this this embarrassingly takes me back, buddy. So yep. when I got my first like big boy job. um Officially, uh, it came with a significant pay raise, and I mm-hmm. had to know. Oh yeah, I remember what, that conversation. What your highest paying job ever was, <laughs> just to know if I yeah. had beaten it. Um, uh-huh. I'm curious how that conversation landed because we had because you were so resistant, uh, and that and that was almost, that dude, was somewhat of the beginning well, of this frustration because I was like, dude, it's really? just money, just tell me. But what I was doing was unzipping <laughs> my pants and being like, show it to me. Yeah, yeah, pull it out, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> well, dude, I, I, uh, couple things going on. A, I think, I think I have, I think I, I've historically felt a little more private and cautious about the topic of money. Yeah. Uh, than you two, and I think us three more so than most people. Uh, and so I was like hesitant, like, whoa, dude, calm down there. We don't, we have to talk about this. And then also part of me, big part of me also wanted to unzip and be like, just you know, slap it around. Yeah. Like, sit down, <laughs> CJ, sit down. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, so but yeah, it, would you consider was, that the false humility? It was uncomfortable. That you were resisting? And, um, yeah. Yeah. Or Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. It does so. come from that. Yeah, the uh, the yeah the assumption. I, I was thinking about it. It's like it's like you know how someone says like, oh, if I say like, okay, some black people look like chimpanzees. Oh, it's offensive because it's racist, right? But wait a second. No, it's not necessarily racist. I'm not saying that's inferior or worse or silly. Da, 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 You're da, just da, making da. the comparison. That the you assumption see. of racism, the assumption of a context of racism, the sensitivity to it is what makes it appear or seem racist. Sure. Yes. And I think it's the same with, with, with the money thing. Yes, exactly. The assumption <laughs> that there's going to be a comparison or that making more or less makes someone better or worse is what makes it taboo in the first place. Yeah, that makes sense. So So the reason the reason that I'm so comfortable talking about it with you guys generally, generally, though, yeah, hmm, um, is because it doesn't really affect how we see each other. Um, Yeah. If if Colton Hmm. tomorrow is a millionaire, 
I still judge Colton for all the same things as I did before. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, but but the reason I'll be a millionaire is going to be the exception to your judgment because you'll be like, oh damn. <laughs> Look at that. Because it would be all the things that I judge him for he are the reason he hit one of his swings. <laughs> <laughs> it connected. <laughs> I keep swinging uh, in life. Yeah. So that, cause that's why that's, I think one of the reasons that I persisted so much to just know how much, cause one, we openly discuss the competitiveness between all of us and how it has generally been a positive thing in pushing us in different areas of life. Uh, and two, I know that it wouldn't affect the way, um, yeah, and then I remember friggin' anyway, I remember but I told buddy, I told you I would take you out for breakfast and then I had this whole complex with money trying to understand cuz if my family asked me for money, I had to draw, you know, I have to draw barriers and and draw uh uh what's the word? Not barriers, Ooh, not limits. Lines. Draw lines. boundaries. Boundaries, thank you. Uh boundaries. And so uh, then when we went out to breakfast, I didn't pay for it, even though I had previously offered because I was so in my head. Oh, yeah. Neaters. About, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. About all about money. And and again, one of the reasons it led me to why is this such a big deal in my life? Like why I don't plan to change my lifestyle. I don't p- plan to change who I hang out with, what I read, what I say, what I do. It doesn't affect like other, I just am putting more money away. So why is it affecting my relationships well, at consider all? This. Consider this. Everybody has different amounts of money. And everybody uh, is bringing in different amounts of money and, and then outputting different amounts for different reasons, right? Different lifestyles, uh, family members, right? If, if they're married, whatever it is, they have different bills and expenses than anybody else. Yeah. And so with the combination of everybody being so unique on how much they bring in and what they need going out, the conversation socially, uh, wanting to do an event or something that takes money, uh, creates a whole new type of pressure or shame or embarrassment uh, to where how do you suggest an event that the group wants to do with involving everybody without knowing everybody can afford whatever yeah. you want to do? You know, so it's uh, it's like if, I, if, I, if I'm withdrawn on my bank account, so I'm freeloading tonight type of thing. Um, but if it comes down to it, you're either ashamed of that and you bow out of the night entirely, okay. you know, so different different situations. Uh, that, I think the, socially uh, are. Yeah. Natural. Understanding the that the output can and can uh, differ dramatically is actually really helpful for for me as well, because it could be that. You know, you don't want to talk about money like Colton. You don't want to talk about money because you're uh, you have X amount going to health care because you have cystic fibrosis, which then introduces the entire relationship with you and cystic fibrosis, which is a very intimate part of who you are yeah. as a person. So me talking about money kind of, you know, money touches everything. Yeah, it did. It, 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 somehow me being like. Oh, do you want to go to this place? It'll cost this much. Is somehow me talking about who you are as a person because of CF? You know what I mean? Like it yeah, connects yeah, yeah. to that <clears throat> thing. The and I have and, I, to the and in the bone. moment people process those things or have in the in 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 the past processed those things already, so they have like an instinctual reaction to get them out of the situation or conversation. Yeah, and instead of. Uh, I mean, I try to just be like, yeah, I, I don't got the funds for that, so I'm just gonna, 
I'm just going to chill or you guys have fun. Uh, I'm going to go do something fun. Unless one of you wants to, do, to pay for me. And if <laughs> yeah. you want me there, then I'd love to be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Uh, this has been a really good conversation for me because um, it, I have had in the unforeseen change in my attitude towards money uh, once a different once it uh, didn't become survival um, for me anymore. Right. Like the survival was like, that's all I could focus on. That was yeah. all I was doing. That was all I was thinking about. Um, and now it's become less of a significant topic in, in my mind and in my life. And so and I have all of a sudden graduated to freaking judging people for that's all they think about. Like what? Like what? This is not how I thought this conversation would go. I, it's very nice. self-exploratory for me and helping me have empathy for other people. So, And I think that's, that's, that's beautiful. the most important and most difficult uh, part is realizing, becoming aware of what's going on in our heads around a certain topic uh, that we kind of inherited probably mostly and didn't consciously, we didn't consciously choose to have this taboo around money, these taboos. Um, we just have them. I think there's a, uh, you can quote me on this, but it may not be completely reliable. I did have a, a therapist once tell me that, uh, or, you know, teach in a class that uh, the ratio of what our conscious mind, what we're aware of, what we're thinking when we're awake, how much information we can process consciously, like per second, versus how much our brain is doing subconsciously per second. I believe the ratio is one to something like 200 billion. Billion with a wow. B as in boy. So the, the, basically all of what's going on in our brains. I mean, that includes like, you know, breathe, heart, beat, um, send a little more iron to these cells, blah, 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 blah. All that stuff, all that automatic stuff. Right. But a huge part of that is is like social calculation. Um, and... So most of these things we're just not aware of. If we direct our conscious minds to things like that, though, and become more aware of them. Um, it's like our consciousness we, is the utility uh, team that get that makes new construction on your brain, right? If you focus your consciousness on any given part of your brain that you want to change, habits, uh, whatever. I mean, it's habits, basically, is the only thing that changes your physiology of your brain. You send your consciousness there and say, I need to change this, and that's the only way to get it done because your brain's an organic thing, Well, and, well, and, and it develops based upon the experiences and the information it receives over the course of its existence. Right, right. And, and I would come back at that and say that even then, most of the construction and the change happens automatically as a result of the inputs, not as a result of the conscious mind. Uh, I mean, I guess we're kind of getting into philosophy right, there. But, but when you do want to make change in your brain, that's when you take your the small, you, tiny little bit of consciousness that you have and direct yeah. it towards that change, right? So yeah. Think yes. Yeah, and we can consciously make changes to the physiology of the brain by focusing on it, uh, becoming aware of the patterns. Um, and that's usually the most difficult part is being like, hey, yeah, I am thinking about this. I am responding to these things these topics these social situations in this way without even realizing i was doing it 
Well, you get to that point eventually, but yeah, you got to do it for a while before that happens because it takes resisting your natural state of being to make change. So you're constantly yeah. resisting how you have always had things uh, for whatever change you're trying to make. So I know we're, we're kind of wrapping up, but I have two questions that my mind's stuck on uh, based off of this conversation, which is, one, um, is the current dialogue around money a negative thing? Uh, like the net result, is it negative? And two, if so, how do we as individuals kind of focus on altering that to be more positive? Thoughts? I, I think it is negative. Uh, it can turn negative uh, as a general rule. Uh, and I think the thing that we do to solve that is um, start talking about why, where, what money is and where it comes from. And mm. just having those conversations. Okay. So what money is... Mm, okay. Interesting. Buddy, and where, thoughts? And where it comes from. <laughs> uh, something that came to my mind was, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I think that is a very true principle. And I think if, if we... I think part of the issue, part of the dysfunction... So yes, I would say it is a negative thing, net. And part of it is is the is the focus that we tend to put as creatures on what money represents the the wealth, the status, the power, the intelligence, the ambition, the I am more than you. So if we can focus more on things that matter and less on money, I think it'll become moot. Mm. It's yeah. Good. Great. I love that. Um, to kind of support that, have you guys heard the story about the, uh, the businessman that met the fisherman on a remote yes. island? Yeah, dude. That's good stuff. Colton, do you That's know good. this one? It rings a bell, but go ahead. Go um, over it, dude. Yeah, so it's so it's a it, it's a a businessman that meets this uh this fisherman on a remote island. And this businessman's like, "Oh, you know, he's just out kind of fishing with this guy and he's like, you know, what what do you fill your days with?" And he says, "Oh, I wake up when I want to, spend some uh spend the morning with my family, then I go do some fishing and then I come home and have dinner with my family and spend more time with them. And then I go to bed, wake up and, and do it over again. Um, and, uh, and so the businessman continues to talk to the fisherman and, and, uh, learns that the fisherman knows this knows fish very well. Uh, he knows the, he knows the, the spots to find the best fish, the biggest fish. And, uh, this businessman, it brings up an opportunity for him. He's like, Oh my gosh, have you thought about like, uh, you know, scaling this up, you know, doing it, you know, really putting your putting your energy in it and maybe getting a second boat, hiring some people, maybe eventually get a fleet of boats and you can uh, you could probably become very, very wealthy. Uh, and the fisherman then says, um, you know, what what would I do with all of that money? And he, he says, you could live the lifestyle that you want to live. And he's like, what do you want to live? What's the what's the lifestyle you want to live? And the fisherman says, well, if I had a bunch of money uh, and I could do whatever I want, I would probably, you know, wake up when I wanted to and uh, have breakfast with my family and then go do some fishing and then come <laughs> home and have dinner with my family and then go to bed and wake up and do the same thing. Uh, and it was right. So it's a le lesson for the businessman. And uh, that's something for me, that's something that I have, uh, I have learned. I came out to L.A. to be a producer, right? To be a producer, 
that means that you have three to six to 12 months of, of the year that you're working on a single project all the time, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. You are on location, you're traveling, um, you are putting absolutely everything you need, you have into it, and you don't get to see your family for extended periods of time. When I, when I got to L.A. and I realized all of that, um, there was a big question of if, if that's what I wanted. And then I found that there's an entire back end of business in Hollywood that nobody thinks about with all sorts of jobs in it. And I stumbled on one that I really, really enjoyed. And I have uh, I work from uh, from nine to six and Monday to Friday, uh, Fridays, we get half days. I have unlimited paid time off and I'm working with the content that I want to work with and I'm getting paid an absolute living wage and I get to spend all of the time with my wife that I want to spend. And people are like, people will continue to ask me like, oh, you want to be a producer? And I don't think I do anymore. Like, it's just, why would I sacrifice all of these things that have significant value in my life to do something that provides the same kind of financial lifestyle for much less time with my family, right? It's like, oh, you could change the world. And that's what I came here to do. And I still think that I can do that. But without having to uh, work myself to absolute death and give up the things that I value. Um, Yeah, yeah, it it seems like if you were to follow that producer path still and give everything up that you had otherwise uh your original reasoning for doing that would probably completely be lost because who are you at that point yeah what do you have to offer the world outside of all of your time and energy being a producer totally right like how i want to change the world right i want to be a producer to change the world i change the world by helping people value family so what I do yeah. is I sacrifice my family to change <laughs> right. the world. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I, finding who I am and what I stand for, um, I think is going to have more of a, uh, a quote unquote, change the world effect than if I were to give all of that up to quote unquote, change the world. Yeah. I think of a, I don't know the exact quote, but the something along the lines of um, in our pursuit of wealth and money or fame whatever we often don't realize that we're tripping over paradise oh yeah oh totally it's so good isn't that good i love that the takeaway from this conversation about money is we should just not focus as much on money yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, definitely don't do that Uh, because it's it's not going to serve you in the end like i like the fact that i can easily get time off to fly to utah to see my family Whenever I need to or want, like, I, I don't actually put a monetary value on that. But like, it's pretty par- paradisiacal. That's yeah. that's pretty freaking huge, right? Like, so what? So what are your feelings going to be when you lose that uh, ability, <laughs> even though you have the monetary means to do it? What do you mean? If if you're if you're ever you're not about- able to travel uh, via airplane to utah oh he's talking about the apocalypse he's talking about the apocalypse no no i'm talking about the the gas shortages and and the airlines canceling flights and stuff sure i mean i it's that's gonna um like wait a minute i made all this money so i could do this 
No, it's it's because uh, to have the distance from my family. <laughs> no offense has high value as well <laughs> right uh and so i am i am i am choosing that with the you know the luxury of being able to uh minimize that distance as quickly as possible yeah, so okay. if i lose that luxury the the value of still having some distance is is still pretty significant um nice and yes if there is an apocalypse then i'm gonna be pretty bummed that that i am this far away from my family at the same time if there is an apocalypse, um, I'm going to be thinking about my wife way before I'm thinking about you guys. So I just want to be close to her. And uh, yeah, because you guys are there for each other, though. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, this I want to I want to like break this off into a larger conversation later about uh, about what people seem to value in life. Hmm. Uh, because I think the majority of the time it goes back to family, uh, which we which i don't think the world puts a lot of stake in uh there is a lot of pressure to focus on things that are not of value which money then obviously is a big topic of that so anyway interesting conversation Ooh, i look forward to that one yeah sweet well it's been fun um, it's been real before before we sign off i just want uh i want everyone to hear this <laughs> oh wow just it's, uh, beautiful <sighs> Just such a just good delicious, beautiful, dripping all over my legs. (laughs) Nice. It does sound like a good peach. Uh, Colton, you got the topic next next time. I do, and uh, we'll see what it ends up being. Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) All right, juggernaut battle, battle, juggernaut battle. Dang it!